0: Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first 5 to 10 plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down, and he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness, here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: Big hole, first down, end zone, touchdown!
0: Touchdown, Raiders! Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
2: Feels like we've been out of the studio and away from the radio station for, I don't know, five, six, seven days, when in reality it was just one extra day that we were off as we all... Uh, celebrated and acknowledged and uh, thought about and reflected on the Memorial Day weekend and Memorial Day yesterday. Uh, We did not have a radio show here at all. None of us had a show here on Raider Nation Radio 920 or inside this Lotus building that we have here in Las Vegas, ESPN Las Vegas, Fox Sports Las Vegas, and, of course, ourselves here on Raider Nation Radio 920. But glad to be back in the studio, glad to be here to talk some Raiders football and interact with Raider Nation and get a little bit closer and a little bit closer to June 1st. Everyone at Raider Nation has that June first date circled on their calendars, not just because the first of the month and it's a little bit closer and closer to, you know, some football activities, but the fact that there's a lot of money Going to be jumping into the Raiders bank account come June 1st and really post June 1st is uh, when they can start really getting active. If they decide that they want to expand and work on the roster or maybe work on some in-house guys as well as far as their contracts. And of course, we'll talk about that quite a bit coming up on today's show. Uh, But DeMond, uh, you you were off and I know that you were uh, really busy over the weekend. We'll get a we'll get a breakdown of the fights that you saw over the weekend. But uh, how was it to be off an extra day? Because we don't get those a lot around here. It was so
3: foreign to me, like that wake-up on Monday morning <laughs> was the quick, what did I miss, let me check my phone. But, hey, there's nothing to miss, bro. Were you, You're fine. <laughs> Were you happy to
2: not have received a text from me? Exactly. <laughs> because today like, He could have lied and said, no, Q, I like it when you text me. He's like, no, I'm, I'm glad that I didn't get a text from you. I
3: have an alarm set for 6 a.m. every morning Good. just in case I need to. And usually I love it when it's just, okay, nothing's happened, nothing crazy's happened, I'm going back to sleep. Let me catch a couple of more hours. I know you're up at you four. tell telling
2: me you go back to sleep yes. at 6? <laughs> yes, I do. Once you wake up, you go back to sleep. Oh, come on, man. While you're sleeping, someone else is working, man. Once you wake up, once the alarm goes off, you got to you gotta get up and get going. And we're
3: on the West Coast, so I'm already three hours behind from people that's working man, hard on the East you, Coast. Man, I'm telling you, you know, if you yeah. see,
2: man, what is DeMond doing? But, yeah, man, I get up super early every morning, and uh, it's the grind time. But, yeah, it felt weird, like you said, not coming in here yesterday and having a radio show to do and uh, being able to watch a lot of sports. So there was a lot of great sports, of course, the NBA playoffs, and now we know the finals are set. Uh, It's going to be the Celtics and the Warriors kicking off on Thursday. It's going to be fantastic. Fantastic. I've been hearing uh, shots fired a lot. Uh, Bobby, who left the studio just a minute ago, just pointed at me and said, I just want you to know Celtics in seven. I was like, okay. All right, Bobby. I got the Warriors in six, but that's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's what it is. You know, I've been riding with the Warriors for a while. And hey, I'm, I'm surprised that, um, you know, to be honest, what? When the playoffs started, I picked I picked the Suns in Milwaukee to be in the, in the finals. I'm a Warrior fan. I didn't think, I mean, I'm super surprised that they're here right now. I mean, now when they went and, and, and took down the Grizzlies, I thought, okay, they got the Mavericks. They're going to take out the Mavericks. They'll be in the finals. But I, I mean, they came together, so I got to give them a lot of credit. I got to give the Celtics a ton of credit for almost blowing a game seven, but finding a way to hold on and win that game seven. And now it's going to be a hell of a series, my man. It is, but I just want to give the heat because I know people are like, there are no,
3: you know, no second place trophies or anything like that. Runners up, it's either ring culture or, or bust. Right. But man, the heat, they really put on a performance. Jimmy they Butler did. No, put they on did. a performance. Absolutely. I mean, just to, just to will his way through it. A friend game tweeted, six. Yes. Yes. A friend, he tweeted at me because I'm just like, yo, Jimmy Butler got that dog in him. Right. And he's like, yeah, how that dog in him work? It got him to a game seven.
2: I mean, man. they shouldn't have got there. I'll tell you what, it got him to a game seven and it got him to almost a bucket to win the game. You know, and I'm not mad at Jimmy. I know there's a lot of conversation about should he took the ball to the rim? Should he have gone for the tie instead of gone for the win? He went for the win. I ain't mad at him. He's like, hey, man, I played this whole game. I ain't got five more minutes. I got to go for the jugular. And he did. And he missed. But, yeah, you got to give the Heat a lot of credit. If you don't give the Heat a lot of credit, you're just selfish. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, mean, just straight up, you are just selfish. If you don't want to give the Heat a lot of credit for being able to extend that series. And and even Boston had to think, like, wait a minute. There's a game seven. We got to go back to South Beach Wait a minute! This ain't right. So uh, I was very entertained, though I was. But uh, I'm very entertained being back in the studio and uh, ready to get this show rolling. And got some good guests to get to today. It's always weird when you don't have a Monday, and also you just in in the week. I'm thinking of the guests that we're gonna have on the show today, and I was like, oh damn got John McClain today. I forgot about that. We just had John McClain on Friday because he missed last Tuesday. Actually, we had an aviators game, so he wasn't able to come on last Tuesday and then scheduling wouldn't let us uh, talk to him until Friday. But we're going to have him again today. So coming up, and before we get to John McClain, we'll have Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas in the review journal. He'll join us at 2.30 to talk all things Raiders. OTAs get started again tomorrow. That's exciting. Three more days of some kind of football activity. Nothing major, but some football activity. I expect us to be out there one day. Obviously not tomorrow, or else we would already got the email saying that we we're going to be there. I'm thinking it's going to be Thursday. I was thinking Friday at first, but I'm thinking it's going to be Thursday. So uh, we'll just kind of keep it in mind, see what happens. But that'll be fun to be back out there again at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center, uh, you know Raiders HQ, to see what they have going on and talk to some coaches and talk to some players like we did last week. So Ed Granny will join us at 2.30. Then our guy John McClain from the Houston Chronicle will join us at 3 p.m. talking all things NFL. So we got Raiders at 2.30 with Ed. We got all things NFL with John McClain at 3. And then at 3.40... Paloma Villacana. she'll join the show to talk all things Aces, talk a little bit of UNLV, and don't look now, but the Aces are 8-1 and one on the season. Had a big victory over the weekend against the Sky. Uh, was able to pull off that victory on the road, and uh, so far I've only lost one game on the season. And uh, tonight they take on the Connecticut Sun, who, oh, by the way, they're in first place as well. So it should be a fun game. They're hosting this one, so the Michelob Ultra Arena will be rocking this evening.
3: They're the best team in the league, if you ask me. I know you oh, just no said the Sun are no also... No, they are good. You know, but hey... I'm so impressed with this team, mostly Kelsey Plum. She's We know Asia Wilson, MVP caliber player. But Kelsey right. Plum, like, for a player to say, hey, man, I'll take my role, I'll come off the bench, but then just – She know, didn't like that. Exactly. She didn't but, like know, that role do, at all last year. But to do year. the role, do the job.
2: Well, she had to. She didn't have any options. I mean, the coach put her in that position where she had to come off the bench, but she was not – Happy about that at all, and clearly she is not someone that needs to come off the bench. You see what she's doing; she is fantastic.
3: It's that jump in production because sometimes if you just read the stats, you'll say, "Oh, well, maybe that's a reason that that player's." But right. you just need that opportunity. Yep, let me a starter. Give me those more minutes. Yep, and I can get you those extra buckets that the team maybe might have been missing.
2: Right. Well, the way that Coach Hammond has them playing, too, they're up. Court. They're going so fast, and she's the general. She is the floor general for them, and uh, the, the the young ladies are getting out there, and ju- they're just going. You know, obviously Chelsea Gray plays a massive role as well. But just the way that they're able to spread it out and and run and gun up and down the court. I mean, you want to talk about entertaining style of basketball? That's exactly what the LV Aces are playing, and uh, would not be shocked, man, if they make a deep run in the playoffs this year. If not, win the whole damn thing. Because I mean, and, and look, it's only been nine games, so I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But, man, I'll tell you, they are they are a fun group to watch. And, and I'm, I remember being there at media day just uh, feels like just a couple weeks ago. And uh, here they are, man, out the gates, and they're looking really good. And uh, first-year head coach Becky Hammond, she's off to a successful start, and so very happy for her, but very happy for the team in general just to see the way that they're playing.
3: You said you don't want to get ahead of yourself. I love this time of the year if the team that you're rooting for is head and shoulders a better better than everyone? <laughs> no, let me be the front runner. Let me talk all my mess now.
2: Well, you like to talk that mess anyway. I mean, even even back in the days when the Warriors were winning their championships, uh, you know, when they won their first championship pre KD, uh, they got off to a hot start. I mean, an unbelievable start. And I know all my buddies was like, "Man, they're gonna win the championship this year." And I was like, "Hey, man, it's way too early to be talking some stuff like that. I don't even want to hear that." Now, eventually, they went on to win it. And even with KD, I was like, "Man." Yeah, they got KD and he's he's a great player. I get it. And this team is great, but until they actually are holding up that trophy, I ain't gonna I am not saying anything because there was look, there was the Lakers super team back in the day with Gary Payton and Carl Malone, didn't get it done. There was the Miami Heat team with LeBron and Chris Bosch and D. Wade the first year, didn't get it done. I mean, look, there's been plenty of teams. There are the Brooklyn Nets, didn't get it done. I mean, there's plenty of teams that have all kind of talent that you know how good they could be. They haven't got it done. So I'm never the guy that just go ahead and pencil in a W. I actually had a guy, no joke. I had a guy while I was on vacation. I might have told you this already, but I was on vacation, right? I was really trying to stay away from Twitter. I was trying to stay away from anything work-related. But I was watching the NBA playoffs, so I was watching the Warriors game, and it was right after the Warriors came back. They were down, like, 19 against Dallas, and they had just came back. So this dude DMs me out of nowhere, right, and says, the Celtics are winning the championship. The Warriors can't hang with them. And I'm like, first of all, the Celtics ain't even in. You know, I'm thinking to myself, like, the Celtics ain't even in the finals and neither are the Warriors. The Warriors are playing the Mavs. The Celtics are playing the Heat. But he was like, he gave me a big old long rundown of why the Celtics are head and shoulders way better than the Warriors and that there's no way that the Warriors could compete. And I said, well, it sounds like the series is already over then. It sounds like the Celtics are, are the championship, champions. I'm just going to go ahead and watch the Warriors and see what they do then. That's cool. Sounds good. I mean, it was so funny. I was like, I'm on vacation and neither one of these teams are playing, playing against each other right now. But yet, I had a big old long scroll. So, according to that Celtics fan, it's already over and the Celtics already won. Most important part of the
3: story here, did you tweet something about a game you were watching? Or did he unprompted into your DMs? Yeah, just
2: just sent it. Yeah, just sent it into my DMs. I mean, it was just a super long. uh, And it was so lengthy. And I was like, thanks for the, I can't even remember the exact words I said. Here it goes. I'm a huge Celtics fan. I believe the Warriors will have problems with the Celtics in a seven-game series simply because the Celtics have a matchup for each and every single body on the Warriors, and most matchups favor the Celtics. I believe the series will come down to third quarters. The team coming out of half in the third quarter and have a combination of great defense and lethal offense will take the finals. Two things I guarantee is that Smart will hold Curry to under his points per finals appearance, and Draymond will have his hands full with Horford. Please do research on Boston's shooting percentage as a team, not as individuals. And you'll see this team, in all caps, has everything it needs to beat the Warriors. The Celtics are the best complete team I've seen Uh, Since 2016, Warriors. I can't wait for the finals. Of course, the Warriors and Celtics have to take care of business before any of this can happen. No kidding. But that was on Friday, May 20th. (laughs) I love that he told you to do your research. Yeah, in all (laughs) caps. In all caps. (laughs) So my response was, sounds like the Celtics are going to be champs. Good thing this game is won on the court. I'm enjoying the the Western Conference Finals right now. Worry about everything else later. Thanks for the breakdown. That was my response. I mean, because what do you want me to say? He was auditioning for a job. I mean, I guess. I guess. guess he didn't know that... uh, Neither team was playing each other at that time. He did try to point it out at the very end, but that was just way too much for me. Do your research. And then I never heard it back from him until after, after Sunday. Then he was like, oh, it's going to be a good series. Because he knew for a minute there the Celtics almost didn't hold up their end of the bargain. So I know he was sweating somewhere. And I wasn't talking no trash, and I still haven't talked no trash. I just thought it was kind of funny. Just kind of threw him under the bus, though, but I mean. I didn't throw him under the bus. <laughs> he sent the message. I didn't throw him under nothing. I hope he's listening. I mean, because really, I I had no idea where that even came from. Like, that just came out of the blue. One minute I'm swimming with the fishes, the next minute I'm reading about the Celtics beating up on the Warriors, and they ain't playing each other. But it is what it is. It's good times. I love it. So, (laughs) with that being said, you know the guests coming up on the show. Ed Grady, ESPN Las Vegas in the Review-Journal, John McClain, Houston Chronicle, and Paloma Villacano, Fox 5 Sports, breaking down all things Aces and UNLV. Now that you know the guests, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive.
0: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
2: I mentioned at the top of the show that the Raiders are about to get a lot of cap space uh, in their cap space, salary cap, bank account. You know, about 25 million, close to 25 million. And I'll say this, before we even get into this conversation, if you want to read a really good piece Go uh, go check out uh, Tashawn Reed's piece on The Athletic about the cap space and all the players that he threw out there as possible fits for the silver and black with their newfound cap space. It was a really good piece. I read it. It was on The Athletic. read it a couple times. uh, Retweeted it out there. So definitely want to go check that out. And uh, he had some really good suggestions in there. But I want to know. What do you think the Raiders are going to do with their extra cap space? How should they prioritize it? That's the direction I want to go. Not just necessarily uh, go get this player, go get that player, go get the other, but how should they prioritize the extra cap space that they have? Should they take care of their in-house guys, a.k.a. Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, whatever order you think that that goes, or should they worry about some free agent veterans? And the reason I bring this up, and I've talked about this a few times, including on today's uh, podcast, is the fact that Darren Waller, I feel like, and this is just my gut feeling on what I think, I think that especially on the heels of David Njoku signing that contract extension with the Cleveland Browns for a ridiculous amount of money, literally a ridiculous amount of money. Now, I've always been a player's advocate, so whatever you can get is fine. That's cool. That's great. But there's no way that David Njoku should be a top-five paid tight end in the NFL and Darren Waller be at number 17. There's no way Darren Waller has more production in three seasons than David and Joku has in five. I mean, think about that. I, I, I wanted to pause so you can let that sink in for a minute. I think Darren Waller is going to need to get taken care of. I think that that's probably got to be priority number one. Now, I can't wait to talk to Ed Graney. At Because him and Tyler Bischoff on the press box this morning were talking about something similar to this and they were prioritizing Hunter Renfro. And I understand Hunter Renfro is younger. He's a slot receiver. We've seen what slot receivers have done in Josh McDaniels offense. But I just think, especially for this year and probably next year, Darren Waller is going to be or should be a key contributor to this offense, right?
3: Oh, you're not wrong about that at all. But for me, I want to see how this regime thinks about paying their players. Are you looking to set up Hunter Renfro long term? Because when you're looking at it just ages, he's going to be here longer than Darren Waller Facts. would be. Facts.
2: Facts. Facts. So I don't know. So when- would you prioritize him first? Because that's that's what I'm asking. That's that's how I'm throwing this question out there. I want to know how you would prioritize the salary cap space. If they have about $25 million, say about $25 million in cap space, how would you prioritize it?
3: Ooh, for me, I'm looking at Deshaun's list right now, and I love that number one name he put out there, the first start.
2: The uh, the offensive lineman? No, 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 Odell Beckham. That's oh. like the. Oh, see, that one, yeah. you know, Why would you want to. Why, now, why would you do that? Not that I don't understand the logic, but Odell Beckham Jr. is coming off a torn ACL. He just tore his ACL Super Bowl. He's
3: also got Emmanuel Sanders in there. I think that any of those guys, a veteran wide receiver who can play on the outside, that would be the move for me to make,
2: obviously on the offensive line as well. I think your team's getting tore up. Your team's fighting with each other like, man, what are you talking about? We got Waller. We got Renfro. Boom. You know, if you're in the locker room, this is what you're saying. We got Adams. We got Robinson. We got Cole. I mean, there's other cats that they have. They have some, some homegrown guys. We're well, not homegrown, but guys that they signed this, this offseason that could already play that outside. I get it. You're looking for a, a speed a speed guy, yep. a burner. That's a, a guy that can stretch the field. I get what you're looking for. They may already have that on the roster. You might not have to worry about Odell Beckham Jr. When are you going to get him back? Eh, I mean, you no. got to make the playoffs before you can you know, do anything no, else. I think
3: yo, he's, a, he's, a, he's a freak. He'll be back a little bit sooner than that.
2: Man, he's, he's torn that ACL twice. I've torn my ACL. Well, I've torn both my ACLs once. So I know, I mean, and look, I'm not them. <laughs> I'm not that athlete. I'm not. I'm never going to try to play that I am. But that ain't that easy to come back from that quickly. You know, especially having two Torn ACLs on the same knee. I just don't see him coming back that quickly. You got to make the playoffs first. Now, if you just know for a fact this team is going to the playoffs, and you just want them for the stretch run, maybe I could justify that. But in this AFC West, dog, getting to the playoffs is going to be a dog fight.
3: It is. But so if you're if the receiver option is not appealing to you, then it's got to be offensive line. Then,
2: but okay, what's appealing to me? I'll just go priority. Yeah, I got to take care of my my, my in house guys. That's who I got to take care of. I'm My priority, I know that offensive line is very important. So I, I put right tackle up there in a major way, if nothing else, for competition. Say Alex Leatherwood earns that job. Fine. Let him earn that job. You know, don't just say, well, damn, it's either him or Parker. Well, we better go with Leatherwood. You know what I mean? Like, make him earn that. And if, if he does earn it, great. Then you have extra depth along that offensive line. I'm good with that. I just think... From a priority standpoint, and this is different than I thought earlier this year. Earlier this year, I was saying, well, Waller's got a couple years left on his deal. Go ahead and get get Renfro. He's going into the final year of his deal. You want to take care of him because he's going to be, like you said, the long-term guy. But after Njoku signed that contract and after hearing Darren Waller on the Ross Tucker podcast saying that his agents were working on the contract and also saying that I'm in there. I'm working, I'm learning a playbook, I'm getting to know this new regime, you know, and, and from everything I heard, he likes this new regime, he likes what they could do, he likes the intelligence that they want to play with, the fact that they're going to help in the red zone in a major way. I mean, there's a lot of things that he said about this new regime that were good, right? So that's, that's going in the positive direction. But at the very end, he said, and when, times are, and when it's time to make decisions, decisions will be made. So to me, what that means is if his contract does not get taken care of, and remember, who he's represented by, clutch, clutch, baby, clutch sports. I think that that means that that's a a training camp holdout if he doesn't get it taken care of. That's just me, though. I'm not saying that that's that's true. I'm I'm not saying I heard that from anyone. That's just what I feel. I feel like that's what decisions mean. When it's time to make decisions, decisions will be made. That's what I that's what I that's what I hear when I when I hear that. But how effective would a training camp holdout be? Very very effective. This is a new regime. You're trying to learn a new system. You're trying to get on the same page with Terry. It'd be very effective. I hate holdouts. I hate it when when players do that, but I get it. I get why they would do it. I just think that it would make sense if that's if that in fact is what he wanted. If he wants to make sure that he gets his contract before the year because look, they could say that, hey, we're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you. We're going to take care of you and keep stalling him out. And then he's just, you know, playing the role of the good soldier. And then all of a sudden he's not taken care of. Then looks up in mid-November is like, hey, what the, what the hell happened with my contract? So I get it. I just don't like it, you know, because it, there's a lot of things that go into when guys hold out. I think that they need training camp. So my priority at this stage of the game is take care of Waller somehow. And I don't know. I mean, like, I wouldn't give him a four-year deal. I just wouldn't. You know, that's what Njoku got, like, four- or five-year deal. I wouldn't do that because he's older and he's coming off the injuries, but I would take care of him so he's happy. You have to. You have to. If if you believe that that three-headed monster can help take you where you need to go, Adams, Waller, Renfro, if you believe that three-headed monster right there, which I do believe could take them where they need to go very deep into the playoffs and, and, and give them a shot at whatever, I believe that that can happen. But you need all three. Adams and Waller is very nice. Very nice. I don't ever want to make it sound like I'm being disrespectful to one of those guys. Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. Hunter Renfro is, he's like a surgeon out there when he's running routes, right? He's just, he does some really good things. Waller, I think, is is, is what puts him over the top because of everything that he's able to do and he's used to getting the double team. He's not, he can't get that. I mean, who do you, you pick your poison now, right? If you had that three-headed monster, how do you defend that? So that's why I look at it and say, you've got to, at least, at the very least, you've got to see what this three-headed monster could do this season. And then you worry about everything else after.
3: But you said take care of him. Yeah. What does taking care of Waller look like? You already mentioned that he's a little bit older, right. so you wouldn't want to give him a four-year deal. Wouldn't want to give him that in you deal.
2: Maybe you give him a two-year deal that's fully guaranteed. I don't know. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, You have to make him happy. And and go through his agents, obviously, and make them happy. But come to some kind of middle even. And I think that this front office is smart. Obviously, I know that they're smart enough to get it done. I like the way that they've structured all the contracts that they have. I mean, really, they have an out with Adams if they wanted to. They have an out with Carr if they want to. They have an out after a few years with Crosby. But, you know what I mean? Like They, they get these contracts. They're, they're smart when they do them. I just... I wonder what their priorities are going to be and how they're going to prioritize things. I, Cause I do believe that outside of taking care of Waller and getting something worked out with, with Renfro, I do still think they need to go outside of the organization and get a tackle. I know a lot of people are talking about Sue right now. Dominica Sue. I know a lot of people are talking, especially after Akeem Hicks signs that deal in Tampa Bay. So I see everyone on my timeline, Sue to Vegas, Sue to Vegas. Let's go. That would be great. He's a hell of a player. Even at 35, hell of a player. Only missed two games so far. I just think that might be a luxury at this point. I think he'd be a hell of an addition, but that might be a luxury. I think you have to take care of, I don't want to say your needs, but I think you have to prioritize things. You have to have it in a certain priority. I think it goes Waller. You could even go Waller, Tackle, Renfro, Sue. In my book, you could do that. Oh, no. I,
3: I'm Sue's even further down the list because, like you said, needs, I would rather have a quality corner like if you could get yeah, but I don't think there's one out there. That's that's I, I agree with you. I just don't think they're
2: – Like Joe Hayden, no thanks. Chris Harris not doing anything. No, for you? no, no. He doesn't do anything for me at all. He at all. Like I can go, I could walk into Lee's Liquor and I do this like every weekend and they have the the ladies standing there giving out samples. Like I, I'm walking past that sample. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> if Chris Harris is is uh, is a liquor in in Lee's Liquor and they're handing out samples, I'm passing. I think Chris Harris is way past his. Uh, His his time when he was that guy, right? There was a time when he was a dog. He's not that guy. He's not that guy. So I'm passing on Hayden and I'm passing on him. I just don't think that that quality veteran corner is out there anymore. I just don't. So I think you got to kind of roll the dice with what you have. You know, you got Trayvon Mullen. You know, you got Rocky Sin. I think you just hope hope and pray that your <laughs> defensive line is getting getting home more times than they're not, right? You're hoping that they get home and make that job of that, uh, that those corners a little bit easier than it normally would be. And again, I, I think that the 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 edge rushers and the defensive line, they have that ability. You could tell what they're trying to do. They're trying to build it from the inside out, which is the way you build championships. You build it from the inside out. 702-365-9200. Let's take our first call of the day. Who we got, Damon? Raider X. Raider X, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What up, what up? Chillin', man, chillin'. Hey, uh,
1: yeah, I, I, I think I agree. Obviously, they're going to have to take care of Waller. Waller's an immediate, uh, you know, uh, reward. They got to, you know, uh, I think you talked about that when they did the Max Crosby, uh, you know, uh, recontract. You know, you got to reward the guys you're, you're with. And I think that also builds that overall morale and the camaraderie and everything else. It's, it's good to build within. And I, I think that was for the long haul. So they got to reward the dude. You know, obviously he's highly, highly, you know, underpaid. But you know, you also don't want to follow the, you know, the, the lead of the Browns because <laughs> right. I mean they're, they're they're paying some crazy money. I mean, look what look what they did with Watson, man. You know, come on, yeah, I mean, come come true. on, man, true. <laughs> true. <Very laughs> that, true, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah the other day they went out and paid this guy some, some, some massive money, and Waller deserves every penny that he's going to get, and we should reward him. Yep. But he got some long teeth, man. Mm-hmm. So we. <laughs> You know, that's got to take an account, you know, and also get Renfro under there. But I think that you also talked about, you know, getting some vets. And I think you mentioned, uh, was it Darrell Williams?
2: Yes, Darrell Williams yes. from Buffalo, yep.
1: Yeah, I like that. that that'd that be huge. That one, you know, and I'm not a big Sioux fan, but, you know, you, you people, and I think also yourself, you're top on getting that vet to show them the way. Mm-hmm. We got some young cats on that line. The trenches both on both sides are very young and if we can teach our big bodies how to play like big bodies and be true professionals that's a worthwhile investment you sit there and bring them guys and show them how to be true professionals and that's what i was so excited about you know Gerald mccoy yeah you know i thought mccoy was going to come in and, and teach these young men to be, you know, truly, you know, grown, uh, grown men. I almost <laughs> right. said the bad word, but some men in there, you know, right, and just, right. just handle that business and be those mature individuals. Go in and do their business over in Vegas and handle that off-field business and handle everything else. And we can sit there and build, you know, a, truly a dynasty. They have the, the makings in there, that young core, and uh, it's exciting, brother. And I, I think you know, we were, we're going to see something beautiful this year. I think with the with the play calling. The core, the addition of, of, of Adams and Chandler on both sides, it's going to be explosive. And, and you know, uh, I think the addition of having uh, McDaniels on there is really something that I think that the media and the NFL, you know, talking heads aren't taking into account. Uh, you know, Gruden, I thought he was a really good play caller. I don't think he was a good game manager. Uh, there were some mistakes. I think we're going to get a lot more precision. Less mistakes, more opportunities, you know, um, more opportunities, takeaways, more opportunities. And, and I think it was Madden said it, you know, we don't we don't sit there and, you know, take what they, you know, they give us, we take what we want. And I think that was Madden's philosophy, if I'm correct. Yeah, Al offense.
2: Davis, Al Davis said oh,
1: that. Al Davis, well, yeah. there you go, another great mind. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, hey, I, I love it. And I think that we're going to see that. Right. So I'm excited, brother. So, All right. Thank All you. Right. How you no, doing bro? Thank you man. Great
2: call, great breakdown. I like that. And I'll tell you what, I was a big fan of McCoy. I was really hoping McCoy was going to uh stay injury free last year because I think he could have done everything that you mentioned, mentor those guys, but also have a lot in the tank still. He had a lot of uh, that he could bring. So uh, I was disappointed when McCoy went down. And, yeah, Sue could play that role. you know. And, again, I'm not super high on him. I'm not saying that that's a priority. I think that Waller's got to be a priority. I think that Renfro's got to be very high on that priority. I also think offensive tackle is still a priority. One quick text. We'll take a break and get to Ed granny. Waller is a very young 29. He has low mileage on his body, and even though he did get injured last year, I have no problem with the Raiders giving him four years or three years with a four-year option. Uh, that's a text from the seven zero seven on our Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword RNR. And you're right, he does have low mileage on his body. Uh, you just know how the NFL is, man. When I say that he's old, I'm not saying I'm not saying that he's old like really old because he's not. But you just know how it is when when guys start getting thirty range, everyone starts talking about, oh man, they're on the downhill part of their career. I mean, it's just that's the reality. That's the business side. Of the NFL so that's what we're referring to I still think you know maybe a two-year with a third-year option would be fine I think that that's more the the re- kind of reality that you want to want to live in that world you want to live in but these guys in the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center upstairs in the front office they're the ones that are putting pen to paper and working on that as we speak what does Ed Graney think well we'll ask him next he's coming up here on Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920.
0: That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers. Home of the Chevy Silverado. The strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Welcome back, Welcome back to Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 232 is the time. Here on Raider Nation Radio
2: 920. DeMond Cotton, your boy Q. We're talking about priorities for the Raiders and what they should do now that they have some uh, extra salary cap space on the way. The bank account's going to grow in a major way real soon. Aaron tweeted at us and said, I think they need to pay Waller and Renfro. The last thing us Raider fans need is a repeat of Mack and Cooper. I don't think this fan base could take that kind of hurt again. Again, that is from Aaron. And joining us now on the phone lines is our guy Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas the review journal and ed i appreciate your time as always my man i heard you and tyler talking this morning about this very subject about the raiders and their salary cap situation and where their priorities should be and what they need to do waller renfro or outside of the building where do you think the the priority should go
4: i think they should go to Waller. excuse me i think they should go to renfro first like we said on the uh show this morning uh young guy receiver now we don't know what hunter renfro is going to want but I definitely would see if I could lock him up. Um, we had a long discussion queue uh, about Darren Waller. I'm um, going to be 30 in September, coming off an injury, um, two years left, uh, no guarantee. So you know, we both kind of came to the uh, conclusion that I would not, I would not extend him right now. Um, I don't think there's a need to now. Again. It's. I don't know if it's a risk or not because you don't know how he would how he would respond. Although holding out nowadays costs guys a lot of money. True. So that would be a huge call on his part. Might not be the happiest guy in the building, but from what we saw and we talked about it today, from what we saw with what they did with Devante and with Derek Carr with one year outs, I don't think these guys. I know Max got extended for a long time, but I'm not so sure they would. You know worry about criticism or worry about critique i don't think that these are those kind of guys i think there's a little patriots weighing them that way where they don't mind critique it's just that and tyler tyler made a really good point this morning it's a two-way street here and that what you've done so far is you're all in to win right now today so if you're all in to win would you not extend both those guys but we still kind of fell on the side of he's going to be 30 in september we don't know if his best days are beyond him, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a tough call on him. I don't think it's a tough call on Renfro.
2: No, no, I don't think it's a tough call on Renfro either. I prioritize Waller just because I think that he's a key cog that you have to have. You know what I mean? Like, this, this year, like you said, all in on winning, I think you got to have that three-headed but I also think that maybe it's a it's a short-term extension. It's something that makes him happy at least to get him through this year because you want him to go out there and, and play at the highest level. Let me ask you this. How does the signing of Njoku in Cleveland affect what Waller and his agents are trying to get done now?
4: Well, I think, I mean, we had it this morning. He's the 15th highest-paid tight end in the NFL, and he's not the 15th best tight end in the NFL. <laughs> right. So I think the agent's on the line with all those numbers. And, again, I'll go back to – I, look, I'm sure you know uh, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels care about Darren Waller, but they seem to me very businesslike and straightforward, and they have a plan on how they want to build this team. Um, I don't know how much affected they're going to be because of what happened in, in Cleveland. Um, I think they probably have a opinion on Darren Waller at this point and what they think they're going to do with him. So they just seem different to me. They seem very patriot way, which is fine. We say that a lot, but I think it's proving out to be that way. And I think no one's going to take them off their kind of off their guide there if, that, if they don't want it to happen.
2: Oh, you bring up a good point. You really do. And you know, you do have to factor in the fact that if you you hold out now, uh, you know, you do get fined, and you get fined a lot of money. So maybe it's a it's a show up but not work out. I mean, I, I don't know what I don't know what they would do, but I know they have Clutch Sports, and I feel like that's something. You know what I mean? I, I feel like right. His agent being Clutch Sports that factors into that because we know one way or the other they find ways to get it done.
4: Yeah, they do. Like I said, we could be surprised or maybe not surprised. They could use this money on both those guys, and good for them. And they'd get paid, and you know they get guaranteed money, and you know they'd move forward. And maybe that's what they're thinking. We won't know until the money's freed up Mm -hmm. on which ways they're going to go here. But they are going to get them uh, about twenty million, uh, right under twenty million in extra cap space, and I think that'll bring them up to about twenty five million from what they already have. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, more power to those guys if they can get it done. Um, I think there are some needs places, but if you think that those two guys are your priority and you want to take care of your own house, then I've got nothing against that either.
2: Right. No, it makes a lot of sense. Again, we're talking with Ed Grady from ESPN Las Vegas and the Review Journal here on NSA Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Let me ask you this about, we okay, we talked about the guys in-house. How about going outside of the house? There's been conversations about offensive linemen. I think we've talked about offensive linemen multiple times here on the show. Uh, veteran corner, I know DeMond brought a veteran corner up earlier. Uh, what, what, how would you prioritize outside of the house? Well,
4: it's funny. I know everyone's talking about defensive line and Dominus Su and, and all that. I get that. Um, depth in the secondary, I think they need. But I just keep... You know, I just keep coming back to the offensive line because I, do, I think if you don't shore that up or it's not as good as you think it's going to be, you can really miss out here on what could be a dynamic offense. Um, Alex Leatherwood, you and I were there last week. We needed binoculars to see if anyone was actually practicing. We'll have our binoculars until this week <laughs> for mm-hmm. how far we are away. But Alex Leatherwood did take time at right tackle, and maybe that's what they're going to say. Maybe they're going to kick things off and say, you know what? Your job to lose. Let's see what happens. Um, but Derek Carr was sacked forty times last year, and you know if you are going to have a dynamic offense, you better fix that. So I would look at what's out there offensive line first. I know other people disagree with that and want to go all defense, whether it's secondary, backhand, um, defensive defensive tackle. Even though I think there is more defensive linemen in that room than they have running backs right now, um, but I would probably look at the offensive line first. And I, I, you know, again, who's out there? I am not completely sure on all the guys that are out there, but I would at least take a look at that first.
3: Yeah, and you just you basically answered my question for me, but I'm going to <laughs> ask it in a different way. We know that there are offensive linemen available, but just do you think that maybe the cornerback could be a little bit more? They need to shore that up more because Trayvon Mullen, we don't know his status going into the season. Yeah, I mean
4: that's yeah exactly. I think uh, you know um, you know I, you don't know Rocky Alston also has had some injury injuries. Um, they don't you know they're not completely deep there. So, yeah, I would think that that's true to Mon. I think that that's another area they're going to look at to add. And this is all predicated, obviously, on those extensions that we talked about, you know, how much money they're really going to have. But Mullen, you know, he only played five games last season. Um, you know, he's got problems with his feet. That's usually not a good thing for a corner. Um, you know, I think Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Morgan, safety and, and, and corner kind of solidified their spots. Um, but, yeah, I think in the secondary, they they could absolutely use some depth. I, I don't know, you know, they didn't pick up Abrams' fifth-year option, um, but it's obviously his job until they have signed sign someone else. I'm a little surprised at that. I didn't ask you about that. You know, I- I'm a little surprised they haven't either gotten his replacement or gotten someone to really challenge him. Right. Um, that- that's kind of an off-season surprise to me, although they didn't pick up his option. So obviously, like the others, they're kind of challenging to have good years or they're just going to move on from them.
2: You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I wasn't even I didn't even have that in my notes, but uh how about Clee Furl? You know, there's been conversations about Clee. Yeah. He said that he's an outside linebacker. He's still listed on the roster as a defensive end. Uh we know it kind of depends on if it's the 4-3-3-4. It's kind of uh just terminology thing at this point, but uh what do you think that they do with him this year? What are the expectations you have for Clee? Well,
4: I mean, they're not great given what we have seen in the last, in the last year. I mean, uh you know, I I, I like Cleveland a lot in terms of dealing with him as a media person. Yeah. The times we've been able to deal with him, but there's, you know, of the fifth year options picked up, I thought that that was the easy one. Right. I mean, and then Abram and then Josh Jacobs after that. So I thought Cleveland was the easy one. I still think they're going to make him a backup defensive end. I don't know. You know, he thinks he's a linebacker and maybe he's trying to, maybe he's trying to put that out there to, you know, make him more valuable and more versatile, but I still think he'll, he'll back up guys on the defensive end and, He's going to have to play a lot better, man. I mean, that fifth year option wasn't picked up; it shouldn't have been. And he's, you know, given what they have now in the defensive line, I hate to say this, but he's easier to move on from
2: than others. Right. Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent. It's funny. I saw multiple people saying uh, demand a trade. I'm thinking, how can he demand a demand trade? A trade. What, yeah. What has he done? What <laughs> has he done to be able to earn a trade?
4: I mean, I mean. I, I, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at what you just
2: said. <laughs> demand a trade to who? Right, right. Facts. Exactly.
3: I was thinking the same just thing. You just got to put it in the air, though. That's all you got to do is let people know <laughs> yeah. you want the trade. And then the wheels will get rolling. You know, you got to speak it into existence, oh, as they
2: unbelievable. say. Unbelievable.
3: All right, Ed, I got to ask you about the biggest news in sports Uh-oh. this past weekend. The biggest top story Jock Peterson. <laughs> do you want him oh. back on the Dodgers now, or do you think he's Great a cheater? Driver, I would
4: I would run through the wall to get that poor kid back in the Dodgers. With that, What happened with Tommy Pham? Poor Jock, my guy with the sidewards cap and the weird overalls and the blonde hair. Um, Yeah, uh, I thought that was hilarious, one of the best stories of the year so far. And the thing about Jock is, and we talked about it this morning, Like, I mean, other than he he, he screenshots for everyone the rules of the league, which I thought was hilarious. Um, He really didn't get what Tommy Pham was doing when he slapped him, which I thought was hilarious. And I'll ask you guys this because we had an open-ended question this day on the show. The only thing you could come a jock with, and let me ask you this, was he shared with reporters, and he did it very openly, the group text where he put the gif out there with the Padres, Giants, and Dodgers, with the Padres being the one that fell down, which, again, you know my feelings about the Padres. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Would you guys have shared that with reporters? Because we both said no, we wouldn't have probably done that because because there's other people on there that have nothing to do with this dispute. Right, right. But, no, I mean, there's nothing, there's there a lot of guys on there that's probably like, well, what, do you, what do you put that out there for? We didn't come and slap you in the face.
2: Right, yeah. No, I, I wouldn't have shared that. Um, that's, not a, that's none of the media's business. You know, that's not a reporter's yeah. business. I, I definitely wouldn't have done that. I'll say this, though, with the whole situation, uh, I thought it was kind of silly. I'm not a fancy football guy. I don't play it, so I don't get the anger. But I've had people, as I did some radio shows over the weekend, say, oh, yeah, it gets real in fantasy football to the point where that I've had guys want to fight me and I don't get it, Ed. I don't understand that.
4: I played a lot, um, but I've never had this kind of issues, and uh, we've never had this kind of issues in any of our leagues. Um, the weird part I thought was supposedly, and there's numbers floating out there: twenty-five entry, twenty-five grand entry fee, win a hundred thousand. Which you know, I mean, they're professional ball players with a lot of money, so right. that, you know that, that stuff never surprises me if they're no. going to put the stakes up to that. But that Tommy Pham actually quit the league. If, if I put that much in, I'm not quitting the league after, like, five weeks. Like, I've never, we've never had that. Like, we've had guys like, ah, oh, do you want to bring him back? You know, he kind of was, you know, skirting on the rules, or he did these things, like, do we invite him back? But never, like, I've had someone who, like, quit the league, like Tommy Fan did. So, um, the he was his, the quote, he's the big dog in Vegas at the casinos, um, uh, walked away from maybe a lot of money, but... Then again, if he didn't know you could put someone on IR, I don't know how good a fantasy player he was because he obviously didn't know the rules of every fantasy team that actually exists in this world.
3: Yeah, and then you mentioned was it fair for him to air him out. If I get slapped in the face publicly, I'm airing everybody out. <laughs> 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 Nobody is safe if I get embarrassed
2: right before a game. Unbelievable. Oh, he, honestly, with the oh. kind of look he has, though, he almost deserves to get slapped, though. That look that he has, I mean, that looked like someone that's asking to get slapped. Just saying
4: yeah Tommy's uh he's on edge a lot we'll leave it at that he's uh <laughs> he's one of these guys like a month doesn't pass until he's like mad at somebody where jock if you saw him with a sidewards cap and the blonde mop and the and and the overalls i don't think he ever gets mad at anybody
2: no he looks like he's at disneyland 24 7 yeah
4: yeah exactly <laughs> looks like he's 10 years old ready to go on space mountain
2: right exactly exactly well uh and final question for you before we let you go my man uh ota sometime this week i believe we'll be out there maybe thursday is the day that i'm kind of looking at obviously not tomorrow yep. um what are you going to be looking for we were looking at offensive line last week what are you looking at this week
1: some of the
4: same things. I mean, okay. if, you know, I mean, we 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 stayed away. You know, we're pretty far away last week. Yeah. It'll probably be the same this week. But if we can see over in the offensive line and see if he's still at right tackle, I mean, I think position wise, I'm not. You know, I don't think you and I are surprised at much we see out there. But I'll still, I'll still kind of go back to the offensive line because I, I think until they add someone. Or we know exactly who's going where. That's going to be that's going to be the interesting part.
2: Yeah, it will be, and uh, I look forward to paying attention and seeing how it all shakes out. What do you got coming out on the RJ? What you guys got coming up on the press box?
4: Just OTAs, and we're going to keep talking about Raiders. And I, I guarantee tomorrow uh, we're going to actually have Jeff Jeff Erickson on from RotoWire. He does all the fantasy baseball, so. We, we, we can't stay away from Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson, so we're going to get more people to talk about that.
2: Well, please don't slap Tyler. I need him to continue to no. come to work, okay? So don't get angry. Don't slap Tyler. I don't no. I don't need to have another episode where he can't come to work for some odd reason. So please. I might wear my
4: hat on the sideways, but no one's <laughs> slapping anybody.
2: All right. Perfect. Ed, thank you so much, my man. Fantastic right, stuff, as always. We'll talk soon. All right. Appreciate you guys. See you. No, no doubt about it. There he goes, Ed Grainy. That is our guy from... Uh, e- Vegas, the press box, 7 to 10 a.m. Uh, again, on ESPN Las Vegas. Also, the Review Journal does a fantastic job with that. Definitely appreciate him. And, yeah, that slap thing, that was hilarious. And I'll tell you right now, uh, Tommy Pham kind of reminds me of you, Demond. Not because he's you're on edge all the time, but – he was talking big toughness, right? He was talking big toughness, like, you know, hey, you didn't mess with my money, not in those words. I mean, just, you know, he just, he just threw it out there. So I was like, you know what, I, I want to have, have a dude like that on my side that's always talking that trash because just like you, you know, you, you talk all that trash, you, you can ride with me because somebody, if you're talking the trash, there's a quiet one with us as well that actually is going to back it up. You probably ain't going to be the one to back it up, but some quiet dude with us will.
3: Oh, man, I, a real quick story. <laughs> Yesterday went to UNLV to play some ball.
2: Oh, you did and not a fight stop. fight almost broke out. You stopped. You didn't go play no ball.
3: Oh, I, I'll, I'll be honest. Boy, I was trash yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I shot a three. It clanked outside of the backboard, but, oh. but the defense was there. The clamps. Okay, Consistent.
2: Good. Oh, consistent. Okay, I got you. Well, I'm glad uh, someone's consistent, and that is us. We are hooking you up right now. We're trying to send you to the movies. Caller number nine is what I'm looking for. 702-365-9200. Raider Nation Radio 920 is sending you to see the premiere of Jurassic World. It is going down on Tuesday, June 7th. We'll let you know what theater it's going to be at. Myself, I'll be in the building hosting it. DeMond will be in the building. Multiple people from on the radio station will be there, but we want to send you and a friend, you and a kid, whatever the case may be. We got a couple pairs of t- or got a couple tickets for you. Again, hit us up, call number nine is what we're looking for, 702 365 9200 You want to go see Jurassic World? We got you. It's Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. <laughs> Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at
2: 3 o'clock, our guy John McClain, formerly the Houston Chronicle, will join the show. It's funny. I always have an idea of what I'm going to start the show off or start the conversation with John off about, and then something else gets my attention, like this, from Sarah Barshop from ESPN. Another lawsuit has been filed against Deshaun Watson. There are now 23 active civil lawsuits filed against the quarterback. According to the petition, the plaintiff changed her mind about filing a lawsuit after watching the HBO Real Sports piece that aired last Tuesday. So there's that. That's 23, Deman. And look, I'm, I wasn't in the room or rooms with Deshaun Watson. None of us know exactly what went down except for him and, and the, 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 the plaintiffs. But brother, if, if after one HBO Real Sports piece airs, Another plaintiff joins the the lawsuit. How long could this go on? And more names continue to be added and added and added. Like, he's trying to work this down. Now it's all of a sudden the numbers rising. I'm not laughing at him or the situation. I'm just laughing at, wow, that's that's pretty incredible. That was a week ago, and now all of a sudden there's a new plaintiff. If it's
3: all just going to be civil, the NFL just has to come out and suspend them for the season. Because if nothing else criminally comes about it, exactly, (laughs) the NFL should just say, hey, we're just going to suspend them for one blanket statement. So even if it's at 23 now and it jumps to 30 people in civil suits, hey, we did our we did our part with discipline,
2: man. And every every everyone that comes out of the woodworks now, the Cleveland Browns just kind of shrugged themselves back into the uh, the hedges. Like, remember that old meme by with Homer in it? Exactly. (laughs) Just whoops. Whoops, bouncing back a little bit more and more. So we'll talk to John about that coming up at 3 o'clock, though. We were throwing out there, and uh, we, we heard from Ed Graney in the last segment talking about priorities for what the Raiders should do with their newfound money that they're going to get post-June 1st. About $25 million they'll have to play with. Now, remember, you still have to sign your rookie class. I mean, there, there's already guys that have been signed, but there's still a couple guys that need to be signed. Uh, there's other things you could do. And look, you could also do nothing. You know, my mom used to always say when I had money in my pocket, oh, the money's burning a hole in your pocket. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to let the money burn a hole in your pocket. You can hold on to it. I'm not saying you have to spend it. I do believe they're going to spend some of it, but they don't have to spend it all. So it's not like they have to go out and I saw someone say, oh, Raiders got $25 million. Where should it all go? Like, it doesn't have to all go anywhere. You could take care of one guy. He said take care of Waller. Or not Waller. He said take care of Renfro. That was Ed Graney's priority. He made good arguments and good reasons for that. I still think that Waller Is such a key cog that you've got to find a way to to get him happy at least.
3: And also you said you don't have to you don't have to spend that money. You could just wait in camp, maybe see how some guys are looking. Mm -hmm. Because like Adam said last week, hey man, everybody looks good. They're just in helmets and shorts. Right. But maybe you know get a couple of practice. Maybe after that first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game, you can see, okay, this guy isn't as good as we thought he is. Now let's go out and bring in that veteran offensive tackle. Trayvon Mullen's a little bit behind schedule. Now, like, let's roll the dice on Joe Hayden because he's a body. Because so maybe Yeah, it's just yeah. wait and see. Maybe it's just wait and see what you're going to do with that money before you just go out and spend it.
2: Right, exactly. Just because it's the first day don't mean you have to go spend it all. You know, I mean, that's, that's facts right there. That's a good point. Sir Whiskey Wright hit us up on the Ash text line at 69187, keyword r and and d If we want to talk about priorities, then we need to look outside and add an offensive lineman or two. We must prioritize keeping our quarterback healthy, which we can do by beefing up our O-line. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to extend both Waller and Renfro. However, let this season play out and see what they do on the field. Next offseason, the cap will continue to go up, and if need be, we'll have money to spend on both players or production. Pay or extend them now. Patience is the key here. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. I don't have a problem with that approach. I just don't think it's realistic. And what I mean by that, not... Not realistic on your part, Sir Whiskey Ray. I'm looking at Hunter Renfro. He's going into the last year of his deal. If they go throughout the year and let him go, not let him go like walk, but let him go throughout the year without getting extended, then you're looking at the case where you got a franchise tag him. And if you got a franchise tag, remember you're paying a percentage of what the highest paid wide receivers in the league are. Think about the highest paid wide receivers. You know what I mean? Like you're You're setting yourself up. That's why I think that it's not realistic. I think you have to find a a middle even you have to find a ground that is comfortable for you and obviously comfortable for Renfro and I also even though Waller still has two years left on his deal that no money guaranteed is just not something I think he's going to be comfortable with and I know for a fact his agents are not going to be comfortable 257 is the time we'll come back kick off hour number two of the show we'll start things off with John McClain this is Red Nation Radio 920.